Hi, I'm Max Skrdenchik, Rom from Deep Space Nine. I'll be at Trek On on August 19th, 2017. Book your tickets now at TrekMadeEvents, that's one word, dot com. See you there. Hi, this is Armin Shimmerman. I played Quark on Deep Space Nine. You're listening to TrekMate. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Trek Mate Podcast. Its continuing mission to entertain, enlighten, educate, and talk all things Trek. To boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to attack all hands battle stations. Don't worry, we will get to the bottom of this. I don't want excuses, I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, stardate 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready. Hello and welcome to Trackmate. My name's Wayne Emery. My name's Jude Hawkins and we're pumped. That's it. We are absolutely ecstatic because we have just got off of the phone with probably the nicest guy in all of Trek. And for the second time in two days as well. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, we've been uh, absolutely... Uh, we, we can't thank... Uh, Max Gredenchik enough because he has dedicated uh, two evenings of his life to talk track and to uh, chat with us and we are absolutely ecstatic about it as well as obviously because if anybody has been living under a rock Max is also going to be our headline guest at track on this summer so it's been absolutely fantastic to get to know him a bit before the yeah, event. Definitely. Uh, before we go to the interview, because we're, we're not going to beat about the bush, we're not going to fill the show with other crap, because uh, you want to get to the meat in this subject. And um, But what it's I will... Maximum Gradentic episode. <laughs> <laughs> so punny, so punny. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so, but what we will do is, before we talk to Max, is we'll remind you to go and book your tickets for Track On. TrackMateEvents.com. Adult tickets £12.50. Child tickets £6.50 for under 12s. Under 5s go absolutely free. Um, uh, we, oh, okay, we wasn't going to go into the news and stuff, but we will have to say we have had one uh, guest cancellation due to prior uh, work commitments. Yeah. Um, so guys, I forgotten about that. Yeah, that's it. Unfortunately, Guy Signer uh, can't make the event um, anymore. So uh, sorry, guys. Um, we do apologise, but we've still got amazing guests. We've st- obviously we've still got stuff to announce. What what is in our back pocket, and we've still got more more stuff. We're looking it, to book, which we can then announce. Exactly. There, there is going to be there is going to be more and more coming. 
um, as the weeks go on and uh, remember you've still got the wonderful Max Gradenchik we've and got as I always say like the, the quicker everybody gets their tickets and gets their family's tickets and you know if you're gifting it for a friend like the more we can do quicker the more we can go to this that or the other to book something extra to be exactly. there. so it all helps you know exactly Exactly. Um, so we've got Max Kredenchik, we've got uh, Paul Olsen, uh, we've got uh, James Swallow, and we've got uh, John Carrigan and Una McCormack as well. So all fantastic guests, and uh, we've got absolutely plenty going on uh, through the day. So And that's going to be held on August 19th. 2017 doors open 9:30, and uh, that is at Kings Langley in Hertfordshire. So anyone, uh, we are just outside of London. So great travel links. Uh, make sure that you get book your tickets now at TrekMateEvents.com. Now I don't think there's any point beating about the bush because. We're ecstatic to have spoken to him, and I'm sure that our listeners are going to be as equally happy to listen uh, to our conversation with the one, the only, Max Gradenchik. And now, the guest of the week. The guest of the week. The guest of the week. This week we have a very special guest, a man who has built reputation within the Star Trek fan community as being one of the friendliest and kindest men in all of Trek. He is the current Grand Nagus, and we are extremely happy to welcome our headlining guest for Trek on this August, the one and only Max Gradenchik. Hello, Max. Well, well, welcome. (laughs) Thank you, Thank you. Yeah. Welcome, Max. Oh, well, Max, first of all, uh, as we just said, Alfred, we're, we're so excited to be uh, getting to meet you in August and so happy that you're coming to Trek on. It really does mean a lot to us and to our listeners. Definitely. Well, we're, we're, we're kind of excited about it ourselves. We, we get to bring our daughter with us, so that's really going to be nice. Oh, yeah. Definitely. How old is your little girl now? Uh, she's just turned four and a half. Oh wow! So she's getting she's to an age four. where she can really start to take take things in a little bit. Yeah, she's 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 really um, you know I it's my first and only child and um, uh, I I never knew what it was like to be a parent and my my hats uh, off to all the parents out there and uh, it's an incredible incredible thing and we got very lucky with our daughter and um, it is. man she's something else I know I know everybody thinks their kid is the greatest and um, yeah. <laughs> we all have a little bit of bias yeah uh, I understand I understand that now I understand that now she's uh, yeah she's really amazing yeah and that's excellent but well that's uh, both Jude and myself both uh, totally understand that because I've got uh, a six a four and a three-year-old and, and I've got a, a, a nearly two-year-old and a thirteen-year-old as well. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. So that's the thing. Being the parents, it, it can definitely be a juggling act. Oh yeah. 
we we may we may even still uh, hear some of that tonight from one of us two running off like we usually do. <laughs> yeah, there's never a week where we don't have to uh, be running to tend to the kids normally. So uh, yeah, it's just it's just luck, isn't it? Just pure luck. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so Max, growing up um, in New York. And seeing as um, your third, like when you first got into the acting uh, gig, as it were, you started in theatre. Uh, was you inspired a lot by Broadway shows? Were you going to theatre shows growing up? Yeah, it's funny how life goes. You know, things happen, and um, you're in the right place at the right time. And uh, if you would have been there a day later, it wouldn't have happened for you. Um, okay. I I started. We had a uh, music teacher in high school mm-hmm. who, we, we, I grew up in Queens, New York, part of the uh, New York City education system. Um, I think when I was, uh, when I was in school, I think it was one of the great education, uh, or, uh, great cities of the world for uh, uh, education, mm-hmm. uh, to get a good education. When I was growing up, it was... The New York City education system was fabulous. I, I, I'm not saying it's not now. I don't know, but uh, mm. I know I know what it was like when I was growing up. Um, and we had a music teacher in high school who she she knew that other high schools had these competitions to put on shows. And what happened was that the um, the, the three there would be. The seniors would put on a show, the junior class would put on a show, and the freshmen and sophomore together would put on a show. That would be three shows. And it would be kind of a competition who had the best show. And I actually started writing. She instituted uh, that competition in our high school, and I started writing for uh, those shows. Uh, whether uh, We did one when I was a junior, we did one when I was a senior. Mm-hmm. And um, I would see the other guys acting what I wrote, and I pretty much thought, you know, I could do it better than they're doing it. <laughs> and so I, I tried that, and, um, you know, people gave... I auditioned, I started auditioning, and uh, people uh, started... People responded positively. Uh, there's a comedian in, uh used to be on Saturday Night Live, uh, Dennis Miller, mm-hmm. uh, in the States. And uh, he said he, he wanted to be a comedian. He went to a nightclub and started telling jokes, and the people laughed. And if they if they hadn't if they ha- ha- hadn't have laughed, he'd be an accountant. Uh, you know, so it's kind of like that. Yeah. Um, people people cast me, and um, and I kept doing it. Um, so I went from being what I, a writer, or fancying myself as a writer, mm-hmm. I don't know if I was a very good one, uh, to uh, actually acting, mm-hmm. and that seemed to be that seemed to be seemed that seemed to be where I got lucky, uh, acting, yeah, and, and people cast me and stuff. Because what was the question? No, I was going to say <laughs> <laughs> what was the, original? the original question was like, like what, what was, was your what was the original question? I, I took it back to Queens, New York, the beginning of my acting career, really. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. Yeah. I was just saying, like, did you uh, go to the theatre much being in New York? But um, No, 
I didn't. I, I didn't. I did see certain things for sure. I remember seeing Man of La Mancha mm-hmm. uh, in New York. I remember seeing Butterflies Are Free. I, I wasn't really a theater junkie, someone who went out to... I have... You know, I know people my age who went to Broadway all the time, but I, I did not do that. No. So, so, and obviously, because no. you're uh, best known for uh, a science fiction show, was science fiction something that you was in prior to Star Trek, or what was what was your no. what was your thing that you was into most when you was growing up then? Well, I wasn't in, I wasn't into science fiction. I do remember when Star Trek first went on the air, and uh, kids in school would talk about it. And I would hear them talk about it and think, how come I'm not watching that show? And I think it was up against something else that my father and I watched together, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. There were no VCRs back then. That's it, the days before TiVo. Yeah, there was no no way to tape stuff. So um, just wound up not watching Star Trek. It may have been that I, now I never thought about this before, but I think I was limited to, to two or three hours of television per week. So I may have had my favorite two or three hours and I didn't wanna, I didn't wanna risk watching something that, and, 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 and not liking it being, my other, you know. Yeah, that's yeah, it. I yeah, I might, I might have lost an hour. If I watched it and didn't like it, I, you know, that's an hour I could have spent watching something that I know I liked. So it could have been that. I don't know. Well, that's the thing. If you are limited to that amount and you've got your set shows, you aren't going to waste no time on something that could be hit and miss. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't... I think I need to... Nowadays on the computer, you could look at the TV schedule. So I think I should do that and see... Uh, maybe tomorrow night we'll talk about that. I see what was a, running against Star Trek. It was uh, it's it, it it started on a Wednesday night. I think it started on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. The first. I, I mean, I mean it's different for you guys. I don't know. I don't know how it was an American TV show. So I don't know when you saw it. Well, did you, did you see it short? Did you see it sh- like if it was a, a new episode? Did you see it shortly after it aired in the states? Well, we, um, Jude and myself, are both uh, both grew up with the Next Generation. Yeah. So uh, we uh, came into Trek during the Next Gen, and at that point, um, it was running about three months or so after America. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but I really couldn't tell you about the, the original series. Pretty good at the time. Not bad at the time, really, is it? Three months in the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. And now, now that you have, well, let's see, what was the last show, Enterprise? How long did it take you to see that? I think that was still running a bit behind, like probably about a month or so behind the States, but at that point, the internet wasn't as prominent. You wouldn't get as many spoilers unless you mm-hmm. was looking specifically for it. But with uh, Discovery coming up and with all the shows that come out now, we generally tend to get them the same time as um, America, if it's on Netflix or uh, one of the other channels. Because I think think nowadays, if if the timing isn't coinciding, people just generally uh, would download it. So that's lost lost revenue for the companies. So it makes more sense. Right, right. 
I, I wasn't a science fiction fan. I knew not, uh, very little about science fiction. And um, so, so in uh, January of 1990, I got a call from my agent to read for Next Generation for the role of a Ferengi, she said. I had no idea what a Ferengi was. Mm -hmm. And I uh, asked my roommate. He was the only science fiction guy I could think of at the time, him and my brother. I asked mm -hmm. my roommate first, because uh, he was always recording science fiction, because he, he would say, don't touch the TV set, I'm recording something. And I knew it was science fiction. Yeah. Uh, so I, I asked him what a Ferengi was. He did his best impression of a Ferengi, which was pretty awful. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I asked my brother, I told him about my roommate's impression, and my brother said, no, 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 it sounds like he's doing a pretty good job. Uh, yeah, of uh, being a Ferengi. So I, I went into the audition and uh, and I said, I don't know what a Ferengi is, but this is what my roommate and my brother told me a Ferengi is. <laughs> and uh, I did the audition and when I was done, uh, uh, Chip Chalmers, the director, uh, he shouted out to me as I was leaving and said, tell those two guys we might have jobs for them. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so um, that was my exposure, uh, you know, to science fiction. I, I didn't know any science fiction before that. Star Trek was my first science fiction. I started liking Next Generation. Next Generation was my first real series because uh, I would watch it when it, they gave me um, some episodes to learn about how to be a Ferengi, you know, or examples of Ferengi. Mm -hmm. And I started watching it and uh, really enjoyed it. I still enjoy it. So, uh, so you did, uh, that's the thing. Even the, uh, after getting the part, you then watched some episodes and enjoyed uh, the show from there. I've seen a lot. Of, yeah, I, I watched a lot of episodes. It was the kind of thing where if it was on, if I was home and it was on, I was watching it. That's the only science fiction I was watching. Yeah, you know, Patrick Stewart was very nice to me. I got to know him just a little bit and. Uh, got me interested and, and the episode that I saw um, before we started shooting I think was the third season episode called The Hunted mm -hmm. it, I just remember it was very intriguing to me the way they the way they wrote it and, 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 and it evoked something in me so I kept watching oh that's the thing there was really so it's so many shows within TNG that had what well, is the same for Star Trek had such social commentary and um, uh, real yeah. like life lessons. Uh, it's yeah. it's true what they, it's true what they say. I once read a book that's title was Everything I Needed to Know About Life I Learned from Star Trek, and that's the sort of things that Star Trek would do give you life lessons. It was it was thought provoking. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I felt. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So obviously, uh, you said you wasn't uh, big into sci-fi growing up. Was so, and obviously uh, you f fell into acting. When you uh, started getting into acting, was there anyone in particular that really inspired you, or that you uh, like really thought like, well, this is someone I can learn something off. I think when I started out, like I said, I was a writer, and I, I didn't like. I, I thought I could play uh, my music better than the people who were playing mm -hmm. it, and I, 
I used to watch a lot of actors and a stage. I'm talking about stage mm -hmm. now. I used to watch a lot of actors on stage. You asked me about going to Broadway, but uh, you know, visiting Broadway. But I've had opportunities outside of that, besides Broadway, to see um, uh, actors. A lot of plays in college and uh, after college, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think at the beginning, I always thought I was better than everybody, or not everybody, but. I, I I would watch actors work, and I think I could do that. And maybe I can do. I think I can do that better. And and now it's the reverse. I I watch people, and I go, my God, they're so good. <laughs> they're, they're they're so so extraordinary. I'll never be able to touch them. You know. So it's funny how the things come <laughs> circled around. Well, the, the confidence of youth <laughs> and the. Uh... Critical eye. Well, of, I didn't hear you. <laughs> I, said, I didn't. I didn't hear you. I said the uh, confidence of youth and the, uh, the the criticalness that comes with getting older as well. I think. Yeah, yeah. It really. Um, I wasn't afraid of anything, or I'm sure I was, but I don't remember being afraid of much when I was uh, just starting out. I didn't. When I was starting out, I didn't know I could. How can I put this? I didn't think I could do any wrong. Mm -hmm. And if there was an audition, I would go and I would show you what I could do. And and, and nowadays, uh, you know, and it was kind of like it was kind of like if you if I walked into the room, there was um, a little bit of an attitude, kind of like um, you know, you're not going to see anything this good today, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> But now it's totally the opposite. It's like, you know, it's, it was used to be, you're not going to see anything um, uh, uh, as good as me today, and if you don't hire me, someone else will. But today it's like, please, please. <laughs> These other guys are so good, and I suck. Come on, please, please give me, give me the, give me the three-line roll. I'll take that. <laughs> Well, to be honest, so, I don't think he was on your own there, because uh, uh, before uh, we started talking, I did write down a quote from uh, a reviewer that saw one of your shows uh, from Sarasota, uh, from the Herald Tribe, uh, Tribune, who wrote, an enchanting, an enchanting mobile comic face on which apparent emotions flicker, spread, retreat, Retrench and explode with a single instant. So you. Where the heck is that from? Where the heck is that from? Apparently, that was uh, in, from your 1980 performance in All Night Long. Oh well, that was a nice play. That was a bit, that was really good material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're not the only one that thought uh, you was on fire. Certainly. Uh, uh, from uh, the re the reviewer Marcia Corbino uh, was the lady um, who wrote that, and she was enchanted by uh, by you then, as much as what Trek fans were with you being wrong. Well, thank you for that. I didn't. I don't. I don't remember that review, but uh, yeah, that was a really um, that that show was a highlight for me for sure. It was a a really nice role, and it was a a really nice group of people in it. And a very uh, well extraordinarily extraordinarily talented writer and a 
director, uh, well, the, the writer was John O'Keefe, and the director was uh, Ken Grantham, who was uh, invaluable in his sanity. He mm-hmm. was like the only sane one of the bunch. And he was, um, it was just a, yeah, it was one of those things that worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, I remember oh, we did a performance, and I was driving home with uh, a couple of people. I don't know how I knew them, but one of them was a a theater designer. Mm -hmm. She said the show was so good, and the way they put that jacket, the the costumer put that jacket on you, you know, that was the perfect jacket. Do you know know where he got it from? And I said, it was lying on the floor of the theater. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't think that much, he didn't put that much thought into it. He was lying on the floor of the theater somewhere or in the lost and found. So, you know, it was, it was just luck and, and, and things came together uh, for that particular show. I I remember it well. Another one of those uh, right time, right right moment uh, scenarios, definitely. Exactly, that, that, that make up life, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, that make up life. And one, uh, one role that I never ever clicked on you appearing in until um, long after Deep Space Nine had finished, I'd watched in, uh, some interviews with you, and so now I knew exactly the, like, the face behind Rom. And then going back and uh, watching you... Uh, Getting snuffed off in in sister act. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. You're, you're the most pivotal role within that film. You're the catalyst for the entire story. Yeah, but if you die in Sister Act One, you cannot be in Sister Act Two. No, that's the thing. They they missed a they missed a trick there. That she should have at least had some nightmare dream sequences to bring you back for. <laughs> Unless they clone me or something. Yeah. yeah. No. Exactly. What was that? Uh, what was that like? Uh, like, because obviously it's only the one scene that you're contained to. Um. Uh, but because obviously the production values when you're going on to a, a film like Sister Act, uh, there must be a hell of a lot going on behind the scenes. Well, I must thank uh, Harvey Keitel. He was uh, he was fabulous. Um, he knew I was, uh, you know, it was a big production, and I, I, I he knew I was nervous, and uh, he just let me do what I. He kind of, he kind of spoke to the director and said, "Let him do what he wants to do." You know, I, I, I started forgetting lines and mm-hmm. stuff, um, and I, and I got scared, and he saw that, and he said, he said, "Let, let the camera roll, just let the camera roll, and let him talk." I'll, I'll, you know, let him say whatever he wants to say, and. Uh, that made it a lot easier. I mean, I'm sure I was close to what the script was, but uh, I didn't have to worry. I didn't have to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, dead on perfect, uh, which was a concern of mine. And also, in that sort of situation where (laughs) your character's literally crapping themselves because they know that they're in uh, deep shtum, I I thought that you played it extremely well, Max. Well, you know, I, I really have to thank Harvey Keitel. He treated me, he, 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 you know, I was a little bit in awe of him, but he treated me as an equal. And uh, uh, w- w- there's a moment where he's he's supposed to be hitting me and kicking me, mm-hmm. and uh, he, he 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 took me to the side and said, "You do 
He said, I'm going to do whatever I need to do, you know, uh, for the scene, mm-hmm. and I want you to do the same. You know, don't feel like you can't fight back or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just made me, he made me feel like an equal, and that was uh, really nice. That is very, very cool. Very cool to hear, because, as I say, it's, it's one of those films that's very... Um, iconic and I, I did get a kick out of uh, when I went back and watched it again and realised you was in it uh, I did get a big kick out of seeing you in it <laughs> that's for sure so and, and speaking of like uh, how things were when you first uh, turned up what was it like for you the first time whacking on I know you've probably you've gone over this story countless times but what was it like for you, like your first experience with Next Gen when you was first putting on the Ferengi makeup? Uh, when I was first putting it on, well, I, you know, when you're an actor in Hollywood, you just happen to be working any you know, any mm-hmm. job. You, you <laughs> um, so I'm they're putting the makeup on me. Uh, what, was, what was June Haymore mm-hmm. was my first, first makeup artist. And uh, she's putting the makeup on me, and I think, you know, I am. I, you're thinking I'm a working actor today. I'm a working actor. I got a whole uh, uh, eight days. I don't know if they shot it in seven days or eight days, but I got a whole week of work, mm-hmm. whole episode of work that I'm in. And uh, and the makeup is not pleasant, but it's uh, I, I, as long as I'm working, I can handle it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you get the makeup on the second day. It's 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 the problem with the makeup for me at least is uh, it goes on and that's fine and then then they have to take it off at night or whenever you finish shooting which is usually at night mm-hmm. and they can't they have to actually pull the rubber the the glue uh, they have to actually t- your part of your skin actually comes off when Ooh. they take the glue off Ooh. it's not a lot. But it doesn't. It, it hurts a little bit. That's not the problem, though, because if 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 you had a day off the next day, mm-hmm. and maybe the next day off, it, it wouldn't be a problem. But what happens is you have a, a tiny, tiny scar where the glue was, and the next day they fill that scar back up again with glue, and that stings like a son of a bitch. Oh. I mean, that really, really. Stings. Now imagine that Tuesday. Let's say you started on a Monday. Tuesday they put that they put that makeup back on. Now Tuesday night they take it off again. Wednesday that scar is deeper, and Thursday deeper, and so on and so forth. So by Friday when they put that makeup or that glue on, you're dying. Oh. So Monday, Monday, and I'm not complaining because it's a great job to have. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't. It's it's the, probably the greatest thing. Well, aside from my wife and daughter, it was probably the greatest thing. You know, one of the greatest things that ever happened to me is being on that mm-hmm. show. Um, but uh, you go from you know when I my first day of shooting Monday, you go from hey this is this isn't bad. I'm a working actor. I could do this. And Tuesday, you know, it's not it's not it, it stings a little bit, but it's not so bad. By Wednesday or Thursday, you're thinking. Man, I I, 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 you start to doubt. You know, <laughs> you think I know, I know, I should be happy to have this acting job, but this really hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so, so your attitude, your attitude, kind of slowly, um, your positive uh, attitude and energy kind of slowly fade as the week goes on. And when you do it on a long-term basis for Rom, how did you cope then? Because, like, surely by 
the, uh, towards the end of a shoot on a season, like you have like virtually no skin left. Yeah. Well, well, Ron, uh, you got to find ways to make it work for you. So mm-hmm. for me, I'd be I'd be hired a week at a time. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking I just got to get through this week. And when I say a week, I mean it's usually seven or eight days of shooting. So you start on a Monday you would be shooting the next Monday and Tuesday and maybe Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I think I just got to make it, I just got to make it through Wednesday. And this is going to be my hard, my tough day because I come in at four in the morning and I see they got nine pages to do. So I'm probably not going to be done until, I don't know, seven o'clock at night or, or, or whenever it was. You, know. you, you, you find ways to pace yourself. You learn how to sleep uh, with the head on, mm-hmm. you know, you lie on your back with the head on. Head's like a the, your head your your Ferengi head that rubber butt head mm-hmm. is kind of yeah. like a pillow, you know. You 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 if you want it badly enough, you learn how. And uh, and I was just getting such a terrific f- uh, film screen education that uh, I I wanted it badly enough, and uh, it, was a, it was a great job to have. Absolutely, it, it, Star Trek is a really nice place to work. Really, really, really nice place to work. Can I just ask one thing regarding the makeup? What I've always wondered, and I've said to you a couple of times, Wayne, with, with Rom's teeth, like his teeth are even more sharp than most Ferengi and sticky outy. Did you ever have trouble with that? Did, I always like imagine that you, you'd cut your lip on it or something. It, exactly. That's exactly right. I have. I used to poke myself in the lip. So I had yeah. to slowly slowly learned to keep my lip away uh, when I was speaking. And mostly yeah. when I was speaking, I think I would poke myself. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. That that that's why, that little snaggle tooth, well, it's not so yeah. little, that little snaggle tooth sticks out and it can it can poke you. Yeah. That's right. Oh, I've been asked about the teeth. The, I've been asked if the teeth hurt, and they they do a little bit, but, the, you know, you, you, you can take the teeth off, out. I mean, you can't take the makeup off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could so I ask no, com- no, com- no, no comparison. The the, the teeth are um, teeth are pretty pre- relatively easy. Yeah. I've got another random teeth question for you as well. Um, I don't know if you remember, uh, like three years ago in London, when you were at the the destination Star Trek thing. Uh, yeah. You said that you'd lost your teeth in the hotel room. Yeah. I was going to ask you, did I you ever that. get them back? Um, no, I got some money for them. I never got them back. Those, but those, thank God, those, well, th- those were not the original, original. I had, yeah. my, my original teeth were, I think, um, tossed out by some, um, uh, uh, hot- uh, uh, cleaning lady in a hotel, um, in, I think in, uh, Germany at a convention years ago. So I, 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 I lost them a long time. The, the original teeth I used to carry around to all the conventions, but I lost them. So yeah, uh, they, I, I think they were tossed. I think they were tossed out by a cleaning lady. You know, until she didn't know what. Yeah, they were. imagine what they'd go for now as well. <laughs> or, or, or or maybe the cleaning lady. It's possible that I left them in something that looked like it should be tossed out. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, so when you first. Uh, let me let me add let me let me keep talking since I I, I don't know why but let me keep talking. Uh, uh, the, one of the things about Star Trek is that you are surrounded by other actors, other a- who are playing aliens who are also in a lot of makeup. Like uh, I'm thinking of Cardassians and Klingons and 
and uh, aliens like that. Um, so, you know, you, on I've done. I've done um, projects where I'm the only guy wearing makeup, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a little lonely. It's a little lonely to tell you the truth. Um, I was going to Star Trek. Rumpelstiltskin. I couldn't hear. I'm having trouble hearing Jude. Oh, sorry. But if you, uh, uh, Wayne, if you want to translate, yeah, maybe I, that would help. Um, I was just saying that I was watching Rumpelstiltskin earlier on. If that uh, might have been what Max was referring to, where he's the only one. Man, that would that, that, that was, the Rumpelstiltskin. That was a tough movie to do. Yeah, that was a really yeah. tough movie to do. So when you're working with other actors who are also in the same position, they're in the same sort of pain. Is there a camaraderie? I think so. I think it's uh, what's the expression? Um, um, uh, misery loves company. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. I remember doing magnif. I remember doing magnificent Ferengi, and there were what seven or eight Ferengi. Uh, mm-hmm. And we all kind of uh, were together, and it was it was really lovely. It was uh, it was really uh, a nice thing for all of us to be together. Oh, definitely. And uh, to be honest, some of the um, Ferengi, uh, the, we made a list a while back of our uh, favorite funny episodes, and the Ferengi episodes were right up there, uh, all taking the top spots. Because you, yeah. you 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 guys always really nailed it out of the park. There was something just uh, like so likable and so funny about the Ferengi, and you and Armin and Aaron and uh, uh, everybody Jeffrey. and Jeffrey Coombs as well. Uh, all of you just really bounced off of each other so well. Uh, well, we, I think, Armin was our leader, mm-hmm. and um, and it, he, it, it was really great to have him as the leader. He would uh, organize uh, script readings at his house, and that's pretty unusual in Hollywood to do that, especially for one, you know, for episodic television. Uh, he would organize screenings. Uh, um, sorry, he would organize readings at his house, and I'd go over there, and Aaron would go over there, and Chase Masterson would go over there, who, Jeff Combs would go over there. Whoever was involved in the episode would 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 get to these readings, and, and we'd read the we'd read our scenes around the table and talk about them. So I think that gave us a real advantage, because uh, I think most I would. That most of the episodes didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just something we. That was just something we did on our own, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, to be honest, it 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 paid off because episodes like the Magnificent Ferengi, Little Green Men, they were absolutely outstanding. They were they were ten out of ten episodes. They're still some of my favorites today. So rewatchable. I think Little Green Men turned out really well. Yeah, it was a great yeah. idea. That was a great idea, and uh, the, uh, it was submitted, and uh, the writers accepted it, and uh, they they, uh, they they did a great job with it. Yeah. yeah, no, they absolutely absolutely did, and obviously, when you when you started out uh, for like a, 
applying for Deep Space Nine. You were initially uh, applied for the uh, place of uh, Quark. Um, was it at that point during auditions that you first uh, met um, with Armin? That yes, yes. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, there was. I was, I was told by Michael Westmore, who was is the uh, the head of uh, Star Trek makeup. I don't know how many shows he's done. He did Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He did our show. He did. Uh, he did uh, Enterprise. I think. He did Enterprise. Also, I'm not. I don't know when he left. Um, but he's an extraordinary guy, and um, uh, yeah, uh, uh, he told me that there was going to be a new series with a Ferengi series regular, mm-hmm. um, and he told me to, to have my agent look out for it, which I did, and uh, they called me in, and... and um, I read, and I thought I read terribly. There were a lot of people. It, it, you go into this hallway, and there's just a lot of actors there at, at that mm. point in time. And I thought I read horribly, and uh, never hear from them again. And about three weeks later, they called me in again. And now there was nobody there. There were, I don't know, there were maybe 10, 11 people, or 12 people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that I knew they were coming down to their final choices, and I had vowed to be better this time, but I was probably as bad as I was the first time, maybe a little worse. And I, just, I was really sad, and I, I thought I'd blown a, a real opportunity there, and I went out to sit on the steps of... Uh, the, uh, one, of the, one of the streets that borders uh, Paramount is Gower, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. sat on their step there leading up to the entrance, and I sat down there, and about three minutes later, Armin came out. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> he asked me what was wrong, and <laughs> I said I just read for this... Uh, Star Trek series, and I really think I blew it. And uh, he, he said, "He said I know I saw you there." <laughs> and he said he, he said he said he didn't feel he read very well either. And, and he said the good news is it's between the good news is it's between you and me for the role. <laughs> I said, "How do you know that?" I said, um, "You know, do you you have a connection with somebody in there, the casting director or the producer?" He said, I, "No, I don't have a connection, but we were the only two short people there." <laughs> yeah. So that's how I uh, that's how I met Armin, and we talked, and uh, we talked about the show and about Ferengi, and uh, he was uh, one of the first three Ferengi mm-hmm. uh, in an ep- episode yeah. seven, I think, of Next Generation, called uh, "The Last Outpost," I think. Yeah. So. Um, we started talking. We, we probably talked about forty minutes, and uh, we talked about Nog, who was in the pi- in the pilot um, mm-hmm. in the pilot script, and um, we 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 surmised that uh, um, Nog must have a father, or might yeah. have a father, and, uh, and um, so, so we we wondered if that role would be available to us. Uh, I'm not sure Armin wanted to do it, but I, I would have taken it. And, uh, and you did. And then I wind up, I wind up playing the father. And Armin said I owe him ten percent commission. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it worked out that way. Anyway, getting the father for him. Yeah, I still owe him ten percent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. And that's how, that was. That's how we met. And um, 
Armin has been a you know, Armin has been a great mentor to me. I uh, got to give credit where credit is due. Um, I think I would have fallen apart if I were Quark, if I was a series regular. I would have felt so much pressure. But working alongside him was a... Uh, it, it, just being on the show as a, uh, as a recurring character was a great experience, a, a tremendous learning experience for me. Because in Hollywood, when you're a guest star on a series, you do one episode, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then, they, then they, you go to another series and you do another episode. And it's very difficult to, you're kind of a guest. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a, the, the, the term is guest star. You're a guest. It's their set. You don't want to make waves. Um, and um, uh, and so you don't. You know, you do the best you can. But on Deep Space Nine, I was part of the family. You know, it was it wasn't my show, but a piece of it was. You know, and I felt Definitely. welcome there and comfortable, and I could say things like, "Do we have time to do another take?" Because I I think I could do it better, or at least differently uh, enough to merit another take. Mm-hmm. And and, um, and that was great. That was great. What? That's one of the things that um, Deep Space Nine done so well uh, was the fact that the recurring characters, there were so many of them, but they were all so fleshed out that they didn't feel like like B characters. It all felt like, like I would always class Rom and Nog as main characters in Deep Space Nine. Yeah. I, you know, I... I I wouldn't have known what you were uh, talking about. I wouldn't have understood what you're saying, except I once met the husband of a... You know the show ER? Yes. Yeah. I once met the husband of one of the nurses on ER. Mm-hmm. And she always, she always seemed to be there. And I said, that's great. You know, she's a, she's a series regular. I mean, she, the husband said, she's not a series regular. She does six episodes a year, a season. I said, six episodes, she seems like she's there all the time, because they're always talking about, they always mention her name, or, yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or, or something comes up about her, so she always seems like she's there, and I think that's kind of what happens with Ron, and Nog, and uh, Brunt, and, or, or, you know, everybody who's, yeah, everybody who's the, uh, 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 um, a guest star on the show. Absolutely, because that's the thing. It, you're even. I think you're spot on there because even though you wasn't in every single episode, you'd always uh, like get a comment from Quark about his idiot brother or yeah. so yeah. like yeah. blaming Ron for something else that's going on with, without you having even actually having to be there. So it ju- so it just props up that idea that those those casts are consistently there within that universe. Yeah. It's amazing how they filled the space station, right? Mm-hmm. They filled it with recurring characters and. Uh, you know, if if you're down in uh, if you're in ops, you know you can imagine um, Rama's on the station somewhere, um, messing up his room or uh, trying to fix something. You know, it's, it's yes, 
they, they really created. They really, Ira Bear and uh, those guys, Ron Moore and Rene Echeverria. And, uh, mm-hmm. I definitely think that's one of the ingredients what, what, what makes uh, DS9 so many people's favorite show, personally. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. I think our writers were outstanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, outstanding. And I'm leaving. I'm leaving out some writers. I apologize. I can't think of. Uh... Oh God. Okay. Yeah, oh, there's so of... many. Uh, uh, but also, I loved the 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 change in uh, Rom as the series went on as well, because well, the word I always love to use progression. Yeah, absolutely. There was so right. much char- character progression. progression. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what they did with Ron was fabulous. I, I, I mean, he went from a, kind of a poor soul under his brother's thumb to uh, beginning to stand up for his son and then uh, yep. standing up for himself and then uh, breaking away from his brother out of, because he, out of love, uh, breaking away from his brother and on the Bajoran maintenance crew and then uh, mm-hmm. uh, going out with Lita uh, forming a union against his brother and going yeah. out with Lita the Davo girl and then marrying Lita the Davo girl and then becoming the Grand Nagus I mean I, I, I mean what a it's story one of the, it's one of the biggest character progressions in the show to be honest it's a huge it's a huge progression it, it's, yeah uh, it's incredible the stuff they wrote is incredible yeah I left out Hans Beimler, yeah, one of our writers. Yeah. Oh, and and but also that that's also just uh, a testament as well to um, the confidence that they had quite rightly in your performance of uh, Rom as well, because if you wasn't that fantastic at playing him, he wouldn't have had that level of uh, character progression, and uh, you. You really did do an amazing job with Ron. Thank you. Totally. I won't. I won't argue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I won't argue. I won't argue against the compliment. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. So, so, did you? Uh, do you have any particular favorite Rom episodes? Rom centric episodes. I think one of my favorite episodes is a, a, it's a Ferengi, the Ferengi ep, uh, plot is the B story. It's called a Facets. It's actually a Dax episode mm-hmm. where uh, she meets with former hosts. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, can't remember all the different Daxes, but... Uh, oh, there's so many... Um, but um, but the B story is Nog expresses a desire to go to a Starfleet Academy, mm-hmm. and um, the short story would be that uh, a, a quark a quark sabotages a test that mm-hmm. Nog uh, takes to uh, get into Starfleet Academy. Yeah. Um, and Rom becomes aware, uh, uh, figures out that his brother sabotaged it. And uh, Quark is walking down a, a hall, a corridor, and um, Rom is waiting for him. Uh, to, and by, by surprise, he grabs him by the lapels and throws him up against the, the, the wall. And he yeah. says, if you ever do, I, he says, I know what you did. I know what you did. If you ever do anything to hurt my son again, I will burn the bar to the ground. Yeah. And then 
he lets go his grip on him and walks away. And, uh, it's an amazing that was, moment. That was him standing up for his son, standing up for something maybe for the first time ever. Well, that's the thing. It's just one of those things. It was a it was a step too far, and I yeah. it was honestly I loved the writing in the episode and you played it so well, so well. He doesn't want his son to turn out to be like him, you know. Mm-hmm. His fear, his fear is he doesn't think much of himself, um, and he doesn't want his wants to give his son uh, opportunities that he didn't have. I guess we all do. Yeah, but I love you I know? love the relationship between Nog and Rom. The way they both sort of motivate each other like that, where you know Nog's gone off to do that, and then Rom does well for himself later on as well. Exactly. I th- I feel like Rom is like really inspired by Nog. Yeah. I I I think part of it for me for me is that. Ram has never stood up for anything, and then he stands up for Nog. Mm-hmm. He so he gets a taste of what that's like, and that he can do that. Mm-hmm. That he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to shy away from things so much. Um, so I think that helps him stand up for other things later on, like for the union, for example, for himself. And, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember yeah. when it is, but he says to. Um says to Quark one time, like, I've always been smart, I just always lack the self-confidence or something like that, which yeah, I think mean, sums yeah, him up yeah. at, at the beginning. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's yeah. true. I remember that line, I'm not sure I'm not sure where it's from, if it's from Little Green Men. I can't I'm remember right now. I think it's from Little Green Men, but I'm not sure. And it's... Probably right, yeah. yeah. It, it probably is, but then also, I loved, uh, I love the fact that Rom was... Uh, the, was the brains behind the self-replicating minds as well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and while he's planning um, his wedding and stuff as well. Exactly. He's thinking of closet <laughs> space for Lita. He's thinking yeah. of closet space for Lita, and yeah. he's the one who's not really focused on the problem. So he sees it from a. Mm-hmm. He has a, he has kind of a better perspective because he's not jammed up in the problem. Yeah, he's not stressing about that. He's stressing about his wedding day instead. Exactly. He's, he's worried about something else, and I think that frees up his head to see the yeah. possibilities of the uh, self-replicating. Um, what is it? Self-replicating minds. Mind? Yeah. 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 So Wayne, I, I was saying to you um, earlier, did you get the chance to watch Max in uh, Star Trek Insurrection, the deleted scene yet? I have. I have seen, seen that deleted now. scene. Yes. Max, I was going to ask, how did that come about? The uh, the scene with you as a trill with uh, with uh, Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirtis. That was uh, yeah, that was cut from the movie, but you can see still see my name in the credits. Mm-hmm. Someone told me that means they didn't cut it till very late because <laughs> they didn't have time to take my name out of the credits. I don't know if that's true or not, but yeah, uh, it was. It was shot on the, the Jonathan directed. It was shot on the very first day of filming. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, yeah. But it was very comfortable. I think Jonathan's crew was uh, uh, everybody was familiar with each other from working on uh, on one of the one of the series or another. Uh, 
and, and, and maybe Jonathan always works with a, a similar crew. So, uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen that scene. Is it really? Can I? Is it really on the? Uh, yeah. If you, the, if you, well, I, I just put Max Redentic and then uh, Star Trek Insurrection, uh, and it comes up about the fourth or fifth video. Um, and yeah, I, I haven't seen it on any DVDs or anything, but it's it's perfectly good quality. And I'll email over the link. link. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. Email me a link. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's really uh, funny. Uh, I, I remember uh, they, they were trying to show the influence of that. Uh, uh, what was it? The Baku mm-hmm. on a yeah. planet that that keeps them young. Yes. Is it the planet that keeps them young? Yeah. It is. And, and when when the ship uh, when the Enterprise starts getting uh, near that planet, the um, Officers and the crew take on. Um, they, be, they become younger uh, in in yeah. their uh, in, in, in their behavior. So this was me, a, a trill ensign. I think I was mm-hmm. blowing a spitball at. Um, I don't know. Was it uh, was it Marina? I was uh, blowing a spitball at, or Jonathan? I don't, you might have but, been uh, aiming for Marina, but it hits it hits Jonathan in the face. I have. But, that, I, but that's the sort of joke at the end where um, Frakes just goes, "Oh, she started it or something." Yeah. But, but you finish it. Yeah, I had some experience with that. I think in third grade, so um, yeah. I thought I did. I thought I did pretty well, and I just remember Jonathan getting mad at me because the the take he liked I missed. And I said, I said, I hit every other one. <laughs> I got every take but that one. We've done That's like maybe why we ended up as a deleted scene. He's just like, right, we're not having that in the movie maybe. now. <laughs> maybe. We did like ten takes and nine of them. Or the spitball was right on. But, um, yeah, so. Oh dear! But, but I, that's what I, I remember. I remember he was upset that he he didn't get to he, he didn't get to use his take because uh, I, I missed my spitball missed. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. meanwhile, his his nine other takes missed. You know, <laughs> that's the thing. Double standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so well, he's the boss. But the director's the boss, though. You got to kind of exactly. Kinda, Speaking kinda of giving his. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, uh, speaking of like the TNG guys, when you did uh, like your two appearances over there, are they as warm and welcoming to guest uh, stars as every uh, like most people have said? Because they've always said, because obviously in uh, Captain's Holiday, you was primarily only working with um, Patrick Stewart. Um, and Patrick and Patrick and Jennifer Hedrick. Yeah, it was the three of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are, are, are they as friendly and welcoming as uh, like everybody says? Uh, uh, yes, yes, and yes. Um, uh, they, they, they were uh, fabulous to me. In fact, Lavar, I, I met Lavar at an audition. It was just so nice. He 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 said, "Hi, Max." I said, "How do you know me?" <laughs> He said, well, you did our show. And I thought, I thought, yeah, but you, you know, we, we, we met on the set, but, but I was under all this makeup. Yes. <laughs> and he said, I can recognize your voice. And that yeah. blew me away. That blew me away. But uh, I can't, I can't say enough about, um, 
how welcome people made me feel, the cast and the crew. And uh, I think we, uh, I think we tried to carry that tradition along into Deep Space Nine. And I, I've never been on Voyager or Enterprise, but I, I, I just think there's a, um, well, when you're working in makeup, it's kind of tough. And I think people are aware of how tough it is. So um, they want you to feel comfortable. And um, yeah, it's like that. It's just, um, and I think part of the casting is picking nice people. You mm-hmm. know, not me, not me. I mean, but um, the the other guys. I think um, part of what goes into casting and um, is is they're they're looking for someone who who, um, who will be that kind of person. And it, that's the thing. I think it, it, it's it's true what they say. It uh, like one rotten grape can ruin the bunch. The, the um, sense. I, I don't think a rotten grape would last too long on on the uh, a Star Trek series, but uh, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Exactly. Um, what's go for it, dude. I was just going to say, speaking of not being uh, in things, I know this might sound like a weird question, Max, um, but I was going to ask, do you know why uh, Rom or, or yourself wasn't cast in? The episode far beyond the stars. I've always wondered that. It's the yeah, the, I, I I do, I do. I was in the original, in one of the drafts I was in. I think the original draft I was in there, um, but they had Nog as a, a, yeah. a, a Ferengi, and and they had Armin uh, Quark as a Ferengi. So I think they and they had me, but I think they wanted to um, take advantage of. Of getting behind the mask of another of another species, and that's why they put Garrick in. I think Garrick is in that episode, if I'm not mistaken, or somebody. Maybe, yeah. Uh, no, it's um, Casey. It's Casey. It's Casey. Uh, yeah, at the end, he's like, um, he's, or am I think I'm thinking of another one, aren't I? Where he's the doctor uh, for. I, I thought it could be Casey. It could be Casey, but the point is, it's a Cardassian. He's the only yeah. Cardassian, you know, in there. So, I think that they were trying. They were trying to show the actors behind the mask, and yeah, uh, I think I, they that's wanted to. They, I missed you in there. I thought it was a shame. They, they wanted to have as many different. They wanted to have as many different aliens, you know, uh, uh, like a. Uh, a really good mixture of aliens. So they had mm-hmm. three Ferengi were too much, and they realized they could take one Ferengi out and put a put a Cardassian in there, so they'd have more uh, more variety. That's what happened. Huh. I thought it was um, yeah, uh, Andy Robinson, but I'm not. I can't be sure. Yeah. And uh, what's and to be honest, it's a, it's a shame because that is a great episode, and it would have been oh, fun that. to yeah. see in there. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. A, one of my favorite episodes, but uh, sure, it was it was fabulous. It was really w- well done, and um, a, a really good story and script, and it, it worked great. Definitely, I think it'll be one of those. It'll be one of those episodes that um, you know, in years to come, um, people will marvel at it. Yeah, it was just great. Absolutely, and with uh, obviously uh, with the uh, end of the series. Uh, Nog did take up, uh, sorry, Nog, Rom did take up the uh, position of Grand Nagus, and um, 
have you ever thought, uh, like, or considered where you think Rom may have taken uh, the Ferengi people from there? Like, in your own mind, where, where do you think Rom would have uh, gone with that? Because I, I imagine he would have, after installing like all of like the unions and everything else, he would almost try and take the Ferengis away from capitalism. I only thought that he, if the series continued, that he would, well, I don't, if he wouldn't be on the station anymore, I don't know, uh, if, they sh if they would show any of him. But I, I think, in, I, I was thinking, he would face a lot of opposition uh, on Ferenginar in trying oh, yeah. to institute and trying to institute new new regulations and trying to change uh, uh, what Ferengi had been used to for uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. So I think he would have had a fight on his hands, and it would have been interesting, a political fight. It would have been interesting to see um, how he would have coped with that, how he would have managed that. I could imagine Quark coming to Ferenginar to try to help him out. Mm -hmm. um, but beyond that, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't write a script or anything. Yeah. But that's not a bad idea. Maybe I should. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, no, definitely. At that least. Episode would be called Nate. That episode would be called Grand Nagus Rom. Yeah. Yep. No, definitely. And it was at least, uh, I, I, I would definitely at least read a novel, uh, yeah, fully yeah, based exactly. around that. I'm gonna write that down. Uh, that <laughs> In fact, we. we We've got two Star Trek novel authors at the the con with you, so maybe we could all have a chat, <laughs> do a pitch. Um, um, maybe I can talk them in, them into writing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Get yeah. them to do the hard work. Yeah. Great Negus Ram. Oh. photo for the front or something. Yep, definitely. <laughs> so. And first late. First Lady Lita, yeah. Yeah. I'm making you know. I, I can imagine a guy coming up to me and saying, your, your wife wears clothes. And Ram would say, well, hardly any. <laughs> yeah. Your wife wears clothes, exclamation point, question mark. Well, hardly any. Yeah, you call that clothes. You call that getting dressed. Come on, give me a break. Okay. That's it. It's a, it's a happy middle ground. <laughs> I was just, how have you acclimatized to uh, living in Austria? Well, um, uh, people ask me uh, how you know what about the differences between Austria and the states, and really, um, for me, I grew up in this in New York City. Mm -hmm. and uh, spent about 23 years in Los Angeles, about, about six years in San Francisco. Uh, so I, I've lived in major cities my whole life. Mm -hmm. Out here, I live in the countryside. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the real difference. That's the real difference. I'm a city boy, and um, now I'm trying to become a country boy. You know, I was watching, we've had rain here today, and one of the streams that is, uh, in, in the, you know, we have, we have, streams in the neighborhood mm -hmm. and the, the water was so it was it was a the, the water was just rushing mm -hmm. rushing water um coming down this little hill it was just a wonderful thing <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of nice i i've never been in nature before and there's uh 
there's just a lot of it here. It's, it's, yeah. it's beautiful, but uh, I, I miss being in the city. I really, when I go to Vienna or even when I go to Linz, which is much closer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I can feel, I can feel my, I can feel a certain kind of energy that uh, my, 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 my city guy energy. Yeah, and uh, I miss. I do miss that. I do miss that. It is a it is a big change of pace, and but also at the same time, it's it's an amazing environment to be raising your daughter in as well. Yeah, it is. It, it is an amazing thing for her and for us to to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, I, I I think it was the right move to to do that. We we uh, we we talked about it. We had to make a decision. We had to make a decision before she was born where to raise her and. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, uh, it, it was the right decision. And I have a lot of help from my wife. My wife's family is here, and uh, they couldn't be more helpful. They're just uh, they're just amazing, and they're amazing with her. And so. And how are you getting on with your German? Uh, it's really difficult. It's really really difficult. Either I'm too old, mm-hmm. or it's just a tough. People say it's a tough language, and I didn't. I, 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 I really thought I could conquer it, you know, but uh, no, I'm having a lot of trouble. It's coming slowly. It's coming slowly. I, uh, I had a French teacher once, an American guy, who, who who spoke great French, and I asked him how he learned his French, and he said, uh, one word at a time. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and that's true for... for um, that's true for me and German. It's, uh, I, I just, I can't. I just gotta, you know. If I learn one word today, I'm, I'm, it's a good day. So. Oh, yeah. oh, it is, yeah. Definitely, because that's the thing. I uh, tried learning German at school, and I could not do it for the life of me at all. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's deceptive because a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, uh, words in German and English are are similar, if not mm-hmm. the same. Yeah. You know, like like finger, finger is their finger. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 oh, oh God, oh, oh, what else? Like, this hand is the hand. You know. Yes. It sounds sounds pretty easy when you look at it that way, but when you try to put the add the grammar to the vocabulary, it gets that gets really yeah. tough. I can imagine, and is it, I read that you um, also have uh, been teaching the English language at, at local school. I did. I had. I did at a Berlitz school. I did have a little job there, for maybe for a, only for a, a month or six weeks or so. It was very short lived. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just. It, it, for for reasons I can't go into, it. well I can go into them, but I don't know how to explain them. It just didn't work out. It didn't work. It just didn't work out. No, I, and uh, so I needed, I, I needed to be I needed to be hired, uh, as opposed to um, volunteering, as opposed to a free agent kind of. Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of something to do with the, the technically how I got paid. Mm-hmm. Which was great. I mean, I got paid great, but it was—it's the way you get paid. You know, sometimes you're on a, a salary under a contract with the company, and sometimes you are, what is it, a hired hand? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you come in, you come in, come in when they need you. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I was—I was kind of a hired hand, and uh, 
I needed to be uh, salaried, you know, uh, uh, get a weekly check. So yeah, no, definitely. And also, monthly, it, monthly check. being in Austria, is that, uh, have you, uh, whilst uh, you've had your daughter, have you, like, put a bit of a hold on, uh, like, your acting for a little bit uh, until she got a little bit older? No, I haven't put a hold on it, but it's been been a little tough from here. I did a pilot yeah. for a TV series uh, in Vienna. Well, actually, that was not in Vienna, but it was uh, on the other side of Vienna. It was mm -hmm. a, um, I don't know how to describe it. It was a, it's a t it was a pilot for a TV series called in English, all in English, called um, uh, Wienerland, mm -hmm. and it you know, what is it like? It's kind of a it's it's kind of a little game of thrones ish mm -hmm. and with some with some other shows thrown in i don't know enough about the series nowadays i don't know enough of the names to tell you what it was like but it was very well done it was a very nice cast and crew and i i hope that someone either buys the idea from them or lets them make it on their own um because they worked really hard at it they worked really hard at it and it was a it, it, and uh, you know it was they were very professional about it, and I felt like I was on an American, you know, a Hollywood set. It was, mm -hmm. they were that good. Um, Excellent. And I am scheduled, yes, yes. No, 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 carry on. And I am scheduled to shoot something in September, uh, also in Austria, also in English. That's going to be shot all over. I, I don't know, I don't know if I can talk about it. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it. Um... Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I got a call. I got a call. The, yeah, I don't want to get in trouble. I got a call the producer. Then maybe I can tell you about it. But um, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely at least discuss it over a cup of tea in August. Uh, yeah. 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 It's yeah. It's uh, what is that? It's a. It's kind of a historical. What is it? It's 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 a real historical event that happened. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's biographical, um, and um, that's scheduled to be shot in September. So we'll see we'll see if that really happens or not. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, Max, about um, were you the main person behind assembling the the Star Trek Rat Pack for all the the conventions over the last few years? Because it seems to be. Uh, it like come from you most most of the stuff when when I saw you live uh, last year. How many how many years are you talking? About? Did you say we're been around? I don't I, I don't you've been going for at least four or five years, haven't you? Or something. I think our first performance was 2010. I think. Well, oh, okay. Yeah, because no, it, it that would have been at Vegas, wouldn't it? Yeah, our first performance was at the Stratosphere in Las Vegas. Yeah, very first performance. I've, I've only yeah. heard that, that, that they asked you guys, that someone, I don't know, CBS, I don't know who it is, asked you guys if you wanted to come together, but I just don't really know much um, about it. And I, I know you've been doing... Jude, Jude, I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble hearing you. Um, uh, Wayne, could you... Can you yeah. Um, uh, yeah. translate? By all means. Uh, he was just saying that... Um, Jude personally doesn't know much about the formation of the Rat Pack, uh, but was uh, 
under the understanding that it was either CBS or Creation uh, or someone had asked um, you guys like to put something together. I was just wondering if you could share like the story of like getting together with the other guys for the Rat Pack. Do you do you know of Creation Entertainment? I don't know how well known they are outside of the states. Only by reputation. Only by reputation from what I've heard from other um, uh, people within uh, the community. The Rat Pack, the Star Trek Rat Pack, was the idea of Creation Entertainment. Mm-hmm. I never would have put us five guys together. I mean, when they told me who who was going to be involved, I thought that is the weirdest sounding group. <laughs> uh, I, I I I suppose you could get weirder. I, I suppose you could, but but um, yeah, I just didn't get it. But yeah, they said they said you know uh, through through my uh, manager Lolita Faggio said try this out and you know see what you can come up with and. Uh, we started coming up with songs, and um, and we they asked us back the next year, and then they asked us back the, the next year, and they asked us back the back the next year, and then they um, just decided to. For, uh, someone uh, I think it was a, one of the fans recommended that we close the show on Sunday night, the uh, Las Vegas show, mm-hmm. and uh, that they have every uh, that they have every year, and. Uh, that's what we've been doing for the last four years or so. We've been closing nine o'clock Sunday night, or maybe nine thirty. It is Sunday night at the convention. We're the last thing on the bill. So I had nothing to do with the formation of it. I had worked with Armin and I had performed in Las Vegas a, a number of times, and we'd performed elsewhere too. We had our little show. In fact, we even brought it to England. Um, we brought it to um, was a. Bournemouth, there is a sci-fi ball. We we performed at the sci-fi ball. That was a great show, actually. And uh, I know Casey and Vaughn had a group together, the Enterprise Blues Band. Although I don't know what stage, how how solid that was at that 2009, 2010. But they had their band. And Jeff Combs, I had no idea why he was involved. (laughs) He didn't seem to want to sing. He didn't seem to want to be funny. He didn't seem to want to do anything, all of which he can do brilliantly. <laughs> I mean, he, he's a great singer. He's a great storyteller. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and he's a great actor. But he just wasn't feeling it. <laughs> uh, so I would say to him, I, I came up with this song for you, and he'd go, mm, not for me. <laughs> and then... And then a month later, I'd say, I got this song for it. And I'd do it for him. He'd go, mm, not for me. Well, now, now he's, 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 he's starting to do, he has begun over the last few years to do more and more and more. And um, I, I tell you, I, I never would have uh, picked these. I, I never would have thought this would have worked, but it, it has yeah. worked incredibly well. In fact, I don't know if you saw us. We were in... Um, Oh, uh, Birmingham. I've been waiting for you guys to come over for years, and when they announced you for Birmingham last year, I, I was really happy. And yeah, I saw that show. That was that was a fabulous show. We thought, yeah, that was a fabulous show. 
that was uh, we got on stage and the lights went out and we thought oh my goodness right. we're, we're cursed <laughs> and uh, we thought that was going to last for a, a, a half hour to 45 minutes those lights being out and we wouldn't be able to sing and then magically they went on and the audience was with us and that was uh, that was really nice we've um, been all over the country we've been uh, god we we haven't been to Germany yet, actually, but we've we've been all over the U.S. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we've been to Boston and and uh, for New Jersey for New York and and at Chicago many times and San Francisco and uh, uh, Seattle, Washington, and I can't think of all the places uh, we've been. To. We've been to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Just, just you can't and everywhere. It, We've been we've been a lot of places, yeah, and and um, and, and you know uh, maybe maybe we've kind of worn out our welcome because people have seen us so we've performed it so many times. We we, we must have done it. We've done about twenty, maybe nineteen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty performances. I'm guessing. So. Yeah. Well, uh, well to be honest, uh, the reception for it was uh, great over here, and uh, I think that we've uh, got one of the videos. From yeah, a yeah. from a drunken Jude filming it in the uh, yeah. audience uh, on our YouTube nice channel <laughs> as it well. Nice show. We really it was a nice show. It was a really nice crowd there in Birmingham, and uh, and 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 the other thing I want to say is we really work on that show. I mean, I mean when we get together, mm-hmm. when we get together before a convention, uh, we we put in. The, good three four hours working on stuff that you know reminding ourselves of the material and working on new material and stuff there the, the guys are pretty yeah, serious and i i really appreciate that about them i mean they're Excellent. they're a bundle of laughs too but uh but they they really uh set time aside to rehearse a good chunk of time to rehearse and so does the uh like the responsibility of writing songs solely land on your shoulders? I don't feel that. I, although I like coming up with new stuff. I mean, Casey and Vaughn have two, three or four of their songs in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Combs Jeff Combs has written probably three songs, maybe four songs of mm-hmm. his. I mean, every show is different, and we put songs in, take songs out. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I, I, I don't... I, I've got a question about the rap pack. Is, um, is there any plans on releasing any of it on CD or on iTunes or any of that? Putting out a CD or uh, someone suggested yeah. a DVD. I, I think we oh, would DVD have... Would be better, yeah. I think, I think we'd have to uh, speak to some legal issues about that. I mean, yeah. I think it could be done. I think it could be done. We, we would just have to do it... Um, Legally, and uh, talk or discuss who has the rights to the songs. It would be a lot of work. It would be a good yeah. job for some organized um, person to, uh, yeah. like, uh, like uh, what do they call the people who work for lawyers? Um, I forget what they call them. Not a barrister. I'm I'm getting old. I can't. Uh, uh, but also, there's different expressions between the states and the UK as well. So yeah, it, would be, it, it would be a good job for some organized go-getter to, uh, to 
like a stage manager would be good at that because they got to mm-hmm. organize stuff and they got to see all the pieces and how they fit together. So someone would have to come along who could find out who has the rights to this song, who has the rights to this song, who has the rights to this song, who has the rights to the rights to this bit here, etc., etc. And also, everything we do would have everything we do would have to be approved to be go out commercially. Yeah. And also, would. It wouldn't be that tough, but it would take someone much more organized than me to, to, to do that. And also, would you have any uh, issues with regards to creation because uh, they uh, formed the group? Uh, that would be something else we'd have to find out. Yeah, no. There's a whole, there's a whole bunch of um, issues that we'd have to uh, probably maybe go to a, 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 a attorney to, to, to find mm-hmm. out. But, but, so it's a big project, is, I guess is what I'm saying. It's a yeah. big project. Definitely, D- definitely. And these are one of those that you, you need an attorney that uh, can, that is a big Star Trek fan that will do it for free, <laughs> so look yeah. into it at least. Obviously, Max, uh, we are extremely excited uh, to have you uh, coming to our event this August, uh, August 19th, TrekMakeEvents.com. Anyone hasn't got their tickets, but Max, we cannot wait to meet you at TrekCon. I'll see you. I'll see you there. I'm looking forward yeah. to it myself. Uh, and will your kids? Will your kids be there? Uh, my kids. Well, Jude, like, lives a little bit further north. So I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, so I'm not sure whether uh, we're not sure whether Jude's family's going to be able to make it mm, yet. Sure, yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. my family will be around on the day, and um, and uh, if if we've got time, if we're not all too knackered in the evening, uh, we can have a big family uh, dinner. I think. Uh, go out, and that'll be a lovely way to round off the evening. So yes, kids will definitely be there. So they'll be okay. they'll be play buddies uh, for your daughter there as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll have to see how we're doing um, dinner wise. It depends on you know the baby. She's not a baby. She's four and a half. But <laughs> yeah, but can't help but say that. She, she 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 goes to bed pretty early. Not well. She goes to bed early. So we'll see. We'll see. Exactly. We'll see. we'll see how we're getting on with the chaos. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we'll be, you know, we'll be on a different uh, time schedule uh, with jet lag and stuff. Uh, sometimes, yeah, you know, that might that could go either way. That could go either way. Yeah, no, definitely. We'll play that by ear. But to be honest, it's going to be great fun to have you there. Max is going to be there. I can't wait. Uh, so, uh, do all of the usual is going to be signing autographs, taking photos. And uh, it, it also in a Q&A panel uh, with ourselves on the day. And uh, we can't thank you enough uh, for agreeing to attend. And we are absolutely... When, when we first started uh, planning the event, um, the very first thing that we said to each other, because we started planning it straight after oh. Destination Star Trek. The weird thing is, is that the last question we asked Max... We were speaking on the night of that Rat Pack concert, weren't we? Yes, on the night of that Rat Pack concert, Jude and myself uh, said uh, said to each other, "We can do this. We can do a con." And the very first name that we said that we wanted at the event was Max Gravenchik. Oh yep. wow! Wow! 
Well, I, well I, I'm glad it's I'm glad it's working out. This sounds uh, sounds great. I'm glad. I'm really glad it's working out. Yeah. Absolutely. We can't wait to uh, get uh, like get there now. <laughs> it's uh, we, it's it's soon rolling round. <laughs> It's a lot. It's a lot of work for you guys, though. Yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Definitely. It's. It's. It. I think uh, until until you start organising it, you're like, no, it'll be fine. And then <laughs> as things go on, you're like, oh, we need to sort that out. And yeah, we need to sort that out. So yeah, the workload definitely does pile on. But we're we're ready and we're taking it by the horns. And until we we meet you again in August, Max. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, talk to us uh, over the past couple of evenings because I know that you was a bit hesitant at first as uh, you, you hadn't popped your podcast cherry uh, at that point. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, I, I, I'm glad it was us. <laughs> You were so gentle, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk to us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, you always remember your first, so. It's so nice we didn't I won't ever forget it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I wish you great luck and uh, uh, success with this thing. Remember to book your tickets now at trekmateevents.com to meet Max this August. But for now, guys, thanks for listening. I've been Wayne Emery. I've been Jude Hawkins. And I've been Max Grudentic. And that's Trekmate. Deep space, please take.
rescue Earth and save face. Back on the Enterprise, Quinn tries to fool those guys, kicks Warp's butt, but then he fell. The bugs are in Remix still, Jean-Luc and Riker's kill, meet Puppet, the aliens they fill, fill, fill. I'd like to fly back soon, you see. What's going on in Starfleet? Cause everything is messed up, it seems. I'd like to fly back soon, you see, to planet Earth. Please, Warp 3. It's hard to say what's going on in Starfleet. Cause everything is messed up, it seems. It's hard to say what's going on in Starfleet, but I think it's a conspiracy. You've been listening to the Trekmate Podcast. Would you like to get a hold of us? Visit trekmate.org.uk and boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to attack. All hands battle station. Don't worry. We will get to the bottom of this. All right. Ask is a tall ship and a I don't want excuses, I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, stardate 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready. So remember, book your tickets now at trekmateevents.com. And thanks for listening again this week, guys. I've been Wayne Emery. I've been Jude Hawkins. I've been Max Grudenchik. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot. I need to write it down. I am Captain Jean-Luc Picard, and I approve this message. Tweet us at TrekMate1701. Make it so.